for how great your love is towards us. Uh, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you watched over us and blessed us, that we're able to make it one more time into the house of the Lord. Uh, Father, we ask to bless those who are unable to make it into this place. Bless them right there where they are, that we will worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. Uh, for you are high and lifted up, you are exalted, you are lifted up, Lord, beyond all, O oh God, because there's none like you. So, Father, we pray that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 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 If you prepare the words of our awesome God, together we encourage you to join us a little something like this.
You all the people, right? Amen, amen in this place. It's good to be in the house of worship one more time. Amen. This this morning, the pastor's going to preach from Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. The pastor's going to preach about teach young godly leaders to lead from the front. Teach young godly leaders to lead from the front. From Numbers chapter 13. We're going to go start at verse 1. Numbers chapter 13. We're going to start at verse 1. Today I'm going to read it from the uh, NIV. All right. All right. So I'm going to be reading it from the NIV this morning instead of the New Living Translation. All right. All right. Give everyone an opportunity to find it. If you're able to stand in honor of God's word, you may do so. Amen. Amen. Numbers chapter 13, Old Testament book. Let's go Genesis, Exodus, Numbers. I want a bit. I want you got to get to, uh, and you'll get to Numbers. All right, just travel over one at a time. <laughs> All right, and it reads, the Lord said to Moses. Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran. All of them were leaders of the Israelites. These are their names. From the tribe of Reuben, Shemua, son of Zechariah. From the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, son of Hori. Mm-hmm. From the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. Mm-hmm. From the tribe of Issachar, Egal, son of Joseph. Mm-hmm. From the tribe of Ephraim, Hoshea, son of Nun. Mm-hmm. From the tribe of Benjamin, Polity, son of Rephu. From the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, son of Sodi. From the tribe of Manasseh, mm-hmm. a tribe of Joseph, Gaddy, son of Susi. From the tribe of Dan, Emiel, son of Gamaliel. From the tribe of Asher, Sethura, son of Michael. From the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, son of Basi. From the tribe of Gad, Geuel, son of Maki. These are the names of the men Moses sent to explore the land. Moses gave Hoshea, son of Nun, the name what? All right then. Amen, church. Let's have a word of prayer. O Lord our God, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. There is none like you, Heavenly Father. But for all glory, power, and honor belongs to you and you alone. For you created all things for your glory, Heavenly Father. Father, we come thank you this morning, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, from the time you touched us and awakened us this morning until this point in time, Lord. Lord, we were able to get out of bed and clothe ourselves and get a little breakfast, Heavenly Father, and then make it out to the house of worship one more time. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for being so kind, Lord. Thank you for being so merciful and gracious unto us, Heavenly Father. Father, thank you for your unfailing love that you have for us, Heavenly Father. Father, I just thank you, Father, for sending your only begotten Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for paying the ultimate price for all of mankind, Father. Father, please bless Heavenly Father. You know what we need even before we ask. Heavenly Father. Father, we ask you to please look on the people of Morocco, Lord, where thousands of lives have been lost from a devastating earthquake, Lord. Just touch in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. Father, touch in the church right now, from the front to the back and side to side. Touch our minds, our bodies, and our spirits, Heavenly Father. For we have come here to give you thanks, to give you praise, and to give you glory, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We praise you and we magnify you, Lord. Lord, bless every heart right now. Lord. Some hearts may be troubled. Some minds may be troubled, Lord. Lord, we ask you to please touch them right now in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. Father, give us the strength to endure whatever it is, Father, this race that is set before us, Heavenly Father. For we know, Father, with you, we can do all things. And we thank you, Lord. Lord, bless every song that will be sung. Bless every prayer that will be prayed. Lord, please bless the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to go forth all across the land that it changes us from the inside out. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.
in case things may not work out as well as they want them to work out. I encourage you to understand that sometimes you got to lead from the front. When you are leading from the front, you're going to realize it might cost you something. It's not going to be easy. Leadership is going to deal with adversity, and you're going to deal with some difficult times and some difficult people. <laughs> We're going to deal with times that are good and some times that are bad, but through it all, you got to lead. Say, so you got to lead. And when we're leading, we got to lead with integrity, lead with, uh, lead with integrity and holy admonition towards our God. And that's how we can show and lead others to follow up, to rise up. As the saying, the cream rise to the top. When we recognize, identify those leaders that we can trust and oppose, that's when we empower them and encourage them to go out in front. That's where we pick up in our text. That God has asked Moses to identify. The New Living Translation says this way in verse 1. So the Lord now said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the twelve ancestral tribes. What I want to highlight from those twelve spies are two names. One is Caleb, and the other one is Hosea. But Hosea is also, we see that Moses changed his name to what? Joshua. Why did Moses change his name? Well, Hosea means to be helped or to save or to be victorious, and that's the, the early name they had of God, to save and to be victorious. But once he got the tetragamut and understood who I am, that I am, he added that to Jose. So now it says he saves, but the Lord God saves. <laughs> and so now when he says that the Lord saves, he's pointing out the authority of the salvation comes from our God. But notice how Moses called out Hosea. He didn't change everybody's name. But Hosea became Joshua. And then Joshua, I want you to highlight this. Highlight this. Joshua is the precursor to Jesus. See, the, the name in the Hebrew, Joshua, and the name in the Greek is Jesus. The Lord saves. And so here it is that it's not by accident that Joshua named this man that will succeed him in the future. But Moses does not know this is going to happen. But yet God knew in pressing him and, and, and choosing these twelve that Joshua rises up to the, to the top. And Caleb, and notice where the tribe Caleb comes from. The tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah is also the tribe where the first king came, David. The tribe of Judah is where Joseph, when he was blessing, I'm sorry, when Jacob was blessing his children and he was blind and he was saying, out of the, the tribe of Judah will come a lion and a scepter and he will rule without end. Before they were in captivity in Egypt, he had, a, he had a promise of a prophecy of a blessing of the Judah, of this son, of this tribe, a blessing shall come. And of a precursor of this in Caleb in the tribe of Judah. Now, Moses gave his instructions to his twelve spies. Let's look at this with me. Verses 17 to 20 in the Numbers 13 chapter. So Moses gave these men these instructions as he sent them out to explore the land. Go north through the Negev into the hill country. See what the land is like. And find out whether the people living there are strong or weak. Few or many. See what kind of land they live in. Is it good or bad? Do their towns have walls? Or are they unprotected like open tents? Is the soil fertile or poor? Are there many trees? Do your best to bring back samples of the crops you see. It happened to be the season of the harvest, the first ripe grapes. 
And so they go and do what he called them to do. Notice he gave them specific instructions, right? He says, scout the land. Take your time and find out, right, is the land good? Is it bad? How well is the soil? Is, do they have good crops? How big are the towns and the city? Are the people mighty in number? Are they small? Are they well protected? Or are they open? What is going on in this place? He gave these young leaders assignments. He gave them instructions. He instructed them to go. And notice how I want to highlight here, he did not tell them how long to take. We deal with a young generation now that they always ask you how long. But we got to tell them until the job is done. Y'all don't hear me? Oftentimes they want to say, how long is it going to take? Well, until the job is done. So if it takes all day, y'all quiet on me. It's going to take all day. I, I, I remember working with my dad out in Carolina. We were in Carolina on vacation, and my dad is working on his mother's roof in the hot sun on vacation. And I'm outside, I say, I'm hungry. And my dad and my, and my uncle looked at me and said, have you worked? I'm like, no, I've been playing. He said, well, if you don't work, you don't eat. I said, what kind of mess? <laughs> Come on, tell me if I don't work, I don't eat. What do I got to do? <laughs> but at a young age, it empowered me to talk me by example that you got to work in order to eat. They were forming a young man understanding responsibility and accountability. Yes, we're out here on vacation. Yes, I know you want to go to the beach, but we got a job that needs to get done. We got to train our young people how to understand what it means to have priorities and how to do work and how to do it right. Not just to get it done, but get it done right. So here it is. Moses gave him the instructions. He didn't tell them. How long to do it? He said, do this until it is done. And then we find out how long it took. Verse, verse 25. Y'all still with me? After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned. Y'all see that there? 40 days. I don't know about you, but notice here that he didn't tell them what to pack. He didn't tell them what to take with them for them to be gone for 40 days. But yet, in my Minds out, I can see how God already prepped them and prepared them. I will protect you these 40 days. As you're scouting the land of Canaan, the land I'm going to bless you, the land of promise. But even that, how they're as spies, right, not welcome in this area, how they were protected, not apprehended, not captured, that they're able to come back in total. Verse 26 says, To Moses and the whole community of Israel, at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. So you see the crowd is built up. So they're not just reporting to Moses. They're not just reporting to Aaron, but they're reporting to the community. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land and you sent us to explore. And it's indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. So I'm going to stop there for a moment. If you go back earlier, it says the fruit was so big it took two of them to carry the fruit. They like, this was some good fruit, y'all. We gotta bring this back as evidence. That it, you know how you know you can get you an apple and carry that apple by yourself? They said you can't carry this fruit by ourselves. Y'all, y'all see that, right? They said it was a big road that they had to carry it as if it was a live game. Come on with milk and honey. Honey, here's the kind of fruit it produces. Verse 28, but the people living there are powerful. 
and the towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites live in the Negev and the Hittites and Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coasts of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. What I want to highlight here is that they kind of gave a good report. Yes, it's flowing with milk and honey. Yes, look at the fruit. But notice they highlighted more of the negative. How big the people are. Think about it, says the descendants of Anak, those who might be wondering, you go back in Genesis when it talks about the giants. And so there's kind of a reference saying that these people are like the giants of old. Uh, the fallen ones, these great mighty people that we haven't seen in ages. They look like them. And they look so big, we look like grasshoppers to them. Notice here that Moses asked them to say how many of the people are the big, the great, how good is the soil, how good is the land, how good is that, right? Notice that they had a few reports. Yeah, there's milk and honey there. Good as advertised. Uh, there's down the proof. But did you see the people? Did you see the fortified cities? Uh, this led people to now not believe what God had for them. As we raise young people to lead from the front, we got to embolden them and encourage them to realize that people may not always agree with what you got to say. But yet, how can we learn to be able to stand up and speak the truth even in the face of adversity? The bad report came back and they, they wanted to not go because they did not believe in God. Y'all see that there? They, they're so distraught from this crowd of how they see. And here's the other thing that I want to highlight here. Notice that they did not interview the people. They, says we, they said that we are like grasshoppers in their sights, but they did not interview the people. What they're going is how they felt, is how they said they see them. On the highlight here is that oftentimes we're dealing with our young generation that they don't know what people say, but they have automatic negative thoughts that paralyzes them and stops them from moving forward because they think something negative about themselves, not what someone told them, but how they feel when they compare themselves to someone. That's why we've got to be mindful of what people are watching and looking at, realizing that it is impacting them. Everything's not safe for consumption. They will hear that maybe the wrong thing or see the wrong thing. That's why we as parents got to make sure we are watching what our children are watching, listening to what they are listening to. I remember my father had to do the same thing for me because I wanted to listen to certain lyrics. And he was like, and of course I didn't have no, any money, so I was trying to buy me a tape and it had parental advisory on. He was like, that's not coming home. Because <laughs> my father said, garbage in, garbage out. You need to increase your vocabulary. Don't be saying all oh, these other adjectives. Learn some positive adjectives. He said, would you read some poems? <laughs> And so my father was trying to stretch me and help me out. So therefore, I did start reading dictionaries and the swords and started increasing my vocabulary. But if he did not point me in that direction, that was a lot. So in the things is that we got to train our generation how to learn and how to grow and keep us on the straight and narrow. Here it is that they were hearing the negative report and allow this negative report impact them thinking how the people see them. But yet they were not looking from God's point of view. Earlier we read how God says, you will be my chosen people. You are my treasure. You are my royal priesthood. You are my 
holy nation. Though I have the earth and the fullness thereof, you are special to me. If they could remind themselves that how God looks at them and remember that if God is for us, who dare be against us, then they will be more emboldened and realize, so I may be small in their sight, but my God is bigger than anything they can come after me. But when we lose focus of who God is, it allows the enemy to bring in doubt, to bring in fear, to bring in unbelief and allow us to not go forward where we want to go. But we got to lead. Lead to go forward and be in the front and face adversity. Look at these young leaders. It says that Moses and Aaron bow down. Now they humble themselves before God. Not to the people. They ain't worried about the people. They're like, oh, they done messed up. Let us turn to our God. Let us pray and say, God, what is going on. And as you're looking at this, notice that Caleb now stands up. Verse 30, y'all with me? But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they so they spread the barren forth about the land among the Israelites, the land we travel through and explore will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw there were huge. We even saw giants there like the descendants of Anna. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. They did not interview them. They did not talk about them, but they allowed their own sense of insecurity based on their own strength and ability that they realized that they're not able to overcome the land before them. But here's the thing. It wasn't up to them. God was going to deliver them the land. God told them that I will give you this land. We got to remind ourselves of the power we have in God. We don't have to walk around defeated. We don't have to walk around ashamed. But we can walk around with our head lifted up, knowing that I lift up to the hills of what's coming from my help. All my help comes from the Lord. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened. These are the words that we were to remind ourselves of times of adversity that I am more than a conqueror. We've got to teach these young people how to look up and notice how. These two leaders I mentioned, Joshua and Caleb, speak up. Uh, Caleb is ready to go. Uh, Joshua is, is given a good report. But the, notice that they were outnumbered. How oftentimes our children feel smaller than, less than, our leaders feel, our young leaders feel less than because they're outnumbered. What's always popular may not be always what's good. Just because more people are doing it does not make it Right. How it might be good for you to say no and turn away from what is wrong and stand up and speak for what is right. Caleb was saying, look at the good. The negative report had the majority of the people feeling defeated. The report of the bad news blinds them seeing the power of God on their side. Instead, they began to see themselves as how they describe themselves as grasshoppers compared to giants. 
They could not see that their God is bigger and greater and better than anything that was ahead of them. Instead, they lost focus and therefore they lost out understanding the power of God. Numbers 14, chapter verse 1 to 4 says, Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt, or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to enter, I'm sorry, for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted, catch this, then they plotted amongst themselves. Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Isn't that something? They get hit with adversity and they want to go back to where they came from. They want to go back to Egypt. Now remember, when they were in Egypt, they cried out to God deliverance. Remember when they were in Egypt, they complained to Moses, why you cause all that trouble with the good old Pharaoh, making us have to make brick with no, with no straw. Pharaoh, leave that man, you know, Moses, leave Pharaoh alone. He's been good to us. You know how they're saying all that, but when they got free, they said, hey, we're free. And they sang a song and celebrated. But then it came times that, why you bring us out here in the wilderness? We thirsty. Where the water? Water comes from the rock. All those waters bitter. We want some sweet water. He throws a stick in the water. Water becomes sweet. We got no food. God gives them manna every morning to give them food to eat. God is forever protecting them and blessing them and taking care of them. And they're taking it for granted. Be careful that we sometimes forget how far God has brought us. That we take it for granted. There's a lot of young people now that take a lot of things for granted because they don't know how hard somebody worked for them. Sometimes you need to let your children know how hard you work to get where you are. Sometimes you do it so well, you make it look easy. So they think that you're not stressed out. They think that you're not worried about what's going on. They think like you've got it all put together, but their life is full of mess up, treasures, and problems, right? But yeah, you can sit down and tell them, say, I've been where you are, but you have not been. Come on, somebody. Where I've been. I, I, I've been 15 before. I've been 16 before. I, I, I know what it is to be at that age, but have you been this age? Ha, have you been struggling trying to pay the bills and keep the light on at the same time? Have you, have you had a deal with trying to protect somebody from seeing some danger harm unseen? See, when you understand what it means to defend and protect the real, I got to stand on my own too and just trust on the Lord and say, Give me this day, my daily bread. See, when we can teach the young generation, let them know that you have not really experienced life to the fullest. You've gotten a taste of it, but let me show you if you just trust in God and taste and see how good He is. Help them understand that instant gratification is not going to be eternal. But God has blessed us that when this life is over, mm, and we've got to show them that the promise is not always easy. This young generation here telling the people that it's not going to be easy. We're not going to make it over there. They're bigger and better than we are. We don't know how we're going to make it, but yet they forgot that God is on their side. And when they realize that God is on their side, then they wanted to give up. They act told God it would be better for them back in Egypt. They told God that they'd rather be left to die in the wilderness. Y'all heard that before, the saying, be careful what you ask for. 
Well, let's keep on reading. Look at verse 5 and 10. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down on the ground before the whole community of Israel. The two of the men who had explored the land, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, tore their clothes. They said to all the people of Israel, The land we traveled through and explored is wonderful land. And the Lord is pleased with us. He will bring us safely into the land that gives it to us. It is rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They are only helpless prey to us. And they speak in bad, but they know God got their back. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. But the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. Lord have mercy. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. What well, I want to highlight here is that when Caleb and Joshua stood up and the people stood up against them, God showed up. Yeah, y'all see how that went? When the young stood up and spoke up and those that came against them were ready to threaten them, God showed up. If y'all miss it, I want to help y'all. When you do what God calls you to do, God is always going to do what he's going to do. That's why we can say no weapon formed against us or prosper because of the promise of the Lord. That's why we know I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me because of the promise of the Lord. I want you to understand here, the spies were really only going through formality. It was only for them to see what God was going to give them. That land was already theirs. They just didn't want to do the work. God has said, I will give you this. As a matter of fact, this Canaanite land, Abraham saw. But here's the thing. Abraham never lived there. And God told Abraham, you can see it, but you can't live in it. But I'm going to give it to your descendants. Here it is, some 400 years later, after they've been in Egypt, that God called them out. Now, now they're in this wilderness, preparing themselves to go into the promised land. But they start fearing those that are out there as if they're greater than the God that got them there. That's why we got to stand up knowing that God's going to show up. We got to stand and believing in the promise of the Lord and let, let this young generation know that I know that there's people out there doing all these other things that seem that they're getting rich quick and they're living the good life, but yet there's no greater God than our God. So trust in Him, believe in Him, and realize that even though they may come against you, God is still with you. Matter of fact, God spoke up verses 11 and 14 chapter. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me with contempt? Will they never believe me even after all the miraculous signs I have done among them? I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are. God was fed up with them. And he was willing to knock them down. But here's the beautiful thing. If you go on and continue on to read. Moses reminds God of his grace and his mercy. So what Moses came to know God from in Exodus 34, when they messed up the first time on the on the covenant, and God gives them the covenant the second time, he passed before him, the Lord your God is, is merciful and gracious and forgiving of the iniquities, and, 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 but he will not, uh, not go unpunished them for the sins unto the generation of the next generation. So he reminds them, he reminds God, hey God, this is who you told me who you are. And God says, you're right, Moses, but they're not going to make it into the promised land. They asked to die in the wilderness. They're going to die in the wilderness. 
They don't want to go into the promised land. Well, they won't go save these two. Who's the two? Caleb and Joshua. The two young men that stood up, God said, I got your back. You may not get immediate gratification. You may not see it now, but in the future, God has prepared that you will walk in the promised land. You and nobody else that was in bondage, that was in slavery, is not going to see the goodness of the Lord all the way to the end. But because y'all were faithful, because y'all believed in me, even in the face of adversity, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to keep you, that you're going to get. If you go on and read in Joshua, in the book of Joshua, when Caleb goes and gets his land, it says that Caleb was just as young and spry as when he left Egypt. Y'all got me? He was 80 years old, but he said he felt 40 years young. That because God enabled him to go back and enjoy what he wanted to enjoy the first time he took that land. I've been waiting 40 years to get here, but I'm here now, and I'm going to celebrate and do exactly what God has called me to. I want you to encourage this young generation, let them know. It may take some time, but God will get you everything that you need. So be careful that we don't allow them to be dissuaded and be discouraged by how people tell them who they are, how they think people see them with these negative thoughts, but point them to them how God sees them. Tell them that they were made in the image of God, that they were called to be a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Help them understand that holy means to be set apart. Holy means to be sanctified. Holy means that, yes, you may be different, you may not go with what's always popular, but you're going to always do what is right. It's always the right time to do the right thing. Help them to understand that there might be people that might come against you because they don't believe in holiness. They don't believe in grace and mercy. They don't believe in justice. But let them know that they don't have the final say-so. Let them know that there is a God that sits on high and exalted above all other gods. And that same God sent down his only begotten son, Jesus, to die on the cross for your sins. Help these young people know you're going to mess up. You're going to have some trials and some tribulations. You're going to not always do the right thing, but thank God for his grace and his mercy. Because Jesus, while he was being there to the cross, said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm so glad that God is putting up with some stiff-necked people. Because I know I'm one of that group. There's times I have not always put it together. There's times I have not always done it right. But I'm so glad that his grace, his mercy never fails. We need to keep on loving on these young people. Let them know I know you messed up. But I'm not going to stop loving you. I'm not going to stop believing you. I'm going to continue to encourage you to help you do the right thing. When we let them know that hope is still alive, then they got something to live for. But when we don't give them hope, they're not looking for anything to live for. But let them know that God died. You don't need to die. You don't need to go out and try to live a life of recklessness. When he dies, that you might have life and life more abundantly. I want that a few more people that can testify that I'm God and angel. So let's encourage them to stand up when people come against them. Let's encourage them to lead from the front and not from the back. Let us encourage and know that no matter how many come against you, they're not greater than the God that is with you. So walk in your promise. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you that you are God and God alone. We thank you, Lord, that you called us to do great things. 
We thank you, Lord, that regardless of what we're going through, God is able to bring us through. And Father, as we come, Lord, there's so much going on in our lives. Lord, there's ways we have messed up in so many different ways, but we thank you that your grace and your mercy is everlasting. So, Father, we confess, we repent, we acknowledge our sins. Father, we thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive us of all sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We thank you, Lord, that all who call on the name of the Lord share these sins. Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus as their Lord and say, Lord, I pray that they, they confess with their mouth and believe in the heart that Christ died on the cross for the sins and defeated death arising from the grave on the third day. Lord, if they're looking for a church home where they can join the fellowship and be baptized and close to the communion of the saints of breaking bread and drinking together and serving this community together, Lord, I ask you to bless them join this fellowship. And Father, it's not this place where we pray that we help guide them to that place where they can grow and be discipled to be the almighty men and women of God who call them to be. Uh, now, Father, we just thank you, Jesus Christ, and Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. There might be you today that you're looking for a church home or you want to know what must I do to be baptized. We welcome to join uh, this fellowship as we prepare to give God his tithes and our offering. That's you that want to come around and talk to the deacons and to the uh, ministers up front. We can definitely get your information follow up with you how to join this fellowship. This is the second Sunday, and so the United Usher Board will be here um, at Zion this afternoon at 3 p.m., and they'll be also here collecting uh, the um, offering for United Usher Board as well as Zion's offering here. Let us pray for our tithes and offering. We pray to give God his tithes and his offering. Amen. Mighty God, we just thank you for having prospered and how you bless us. And we, Lord, we freely give back to you what already belongs to you. We thank you, God. Uh, that how we prosper us and take care of us. Father, you have to bless those who have desire to give, but yet have not. We thank you, Lord, that you supply all our needs. So now bless this moment and this time of worship. That, Father, you be glorified, you be magnified for what is given, and may be used for the continued building and education of your church. Jesus Christ, and Lord, we pray. Amen. As you follow the instructions of the ushers, please.
got a few announcements from Teresa Tom. I want to say that uh, we plan to have a full team energy meeting this Tuesday, 12 p.m. to 6, uh, I'm sorry, 12, September 12 at 6 p.m. Uh, this Tuesday. Uh, we all are back in session Bible study. Welcome to join us 6 p.m. for Wednesday night Bible study. And then uh, September 24th, we're looking to go to Minamar Mennonite Church to worship with them. And we have a sign-up sheet for those who join us on that trip. I think they might have been assigned to sheet for some time before she will give Brother Ron looking to leave at 915. Uh, so if you signed up before and if you sign up again on this sheet, we make sure we have an accurate account of those who are looking to travel with us on September 24th when we go to Metamore and Mennonite Church to worship uh, with them. And then also we want to share that if anyone wants tickets to the NWSC Freedom Fund Banquet, a contest is to go to Lily. The banquet is Saturday, September 30th. Uh, at 6 p.m. at the Paradise Hotel in East Peoria. The cost for a member's ticket is $50 uh, per ticket, half, half, cover half the price um, of the ticket. Roland Martin will be the keynote speaker uh, for the NAACP Freedom Fund uh, Banquet. And then also, as we're going to Metamore, the future announcement in October, Metamore Midnight is looking to come here, uh, design on October 22nd. And also, I said those able to come back this afternoon at 3 p.m. Uh, we'll be here to help worship and celebrate how to usher for together. And so you're welcome to come on back this afternoon. Amen. 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 Let us stand and prepare for the benediction and sing our doxology. Thank you.